right. Good morning, Oaks Church. How are you doing today? Come on. Come on. I shot that before I had any coffee, guys. And uh, I have had one cup today, so. Um, you know, let's, just give me just a second here. Um, you know, one of the hardest things I do, I've struggled with this for years, is uh, being obedient. And for me, personally, it's easy to stand behind the keyboard. I started playing when I was four years old. Um, now, they were shakers, but I started playing music when I was four. That doesn't require a whole lot of stretch from me. And uh, this does. And especially when the Lord speaks to me and, 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 and tells me what to do. And I miss it. I missed it a couple weeks ago. The Lord, the Lord laid something on my heart. And, man, if, if you've ever had that happen and you're not obedient, I promise you, you're going to have trouble sleeping until you are. And it's just one of those things. And I'm, you know, I'm meant to come up here and tell you all a joke and all that good stuff. But it, it, it kind of worked out. We didn't really plan this, where the, the, the worship team was highlighted on the videos. And then, you know, when we did the Heart for the House videos, we're talking about worship. And a couple of weeks, man, I have, I have this great message that I'm working on, and it's great because I bless myself um, on grace and, and how, how I think we missed the mark, but how I think we can hit the mark. It was beautiful. It, I told somebody, it makes me sound way smarter than I am. And the Lord, and I, I hesitate saying this because it's so overused and it's abused, but the Lord really just said, no, don't do that. I want you to preach on worship, which honestly I don't do much because I'm always leading worship. All that to say, for me, that's easy. Um, but when the Lord says, I need you to encourage someone, man, that's hard. It's hard. Because it's, man, you're, you're putting it out there. And some of you this morning, some of you need to, to listen to that voice. Don't, don't be, look, I, I'm so tired of church. I shouldn't say that because I'm in church, but I'm tired of church. Don't be scared to tell somebody. The Lord puts it on your heart, go tell them. Go tell them. You know, say, hey. Lord, put you on my mind. I'm praying for you. You don't have to get weird with it. You don't have to go through a 12-week class. You don't. Just, hey, the Lord placed you on my heart, and I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. This morning, we are worshiping. I I'm going to get to this, and I'll go through it quick if I have to. This morning, when we are worshiping, when we we're, were singing, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered me. You know, just, look, I got to be transparent with y'all. You know, we sang that at John's funeral. And so I had somebody come up to me and say, he didn't answer. I said, no, wait, hold up now. Hold up. I said, there's a, there's, there's a way to sing when we worship. There's a way to do that. And if, if, if you're just surface level and you say, hey, I saw the Lord and he heard and he answered. And then you think backwards. But if you're spiritual... If you're spiritual, I say, I sought the Lord, and he heard and he answered me, but he hadn't done it yet. But he will. He's going to. He's going to answer me. And sometimes you sing that broken. Probably most of the time you do. Sometimes you sing that from a place of, it hurt me to say the words. I told the group this morning, I've prayed this way many times. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm upset with you. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm out of juice. I've, I, here's a Chad prayer. I have walked this thing all my life. I don't know what you're doing. It really feels like you hate me. And I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'll get back with you. Hang up the phone. I've prayed those prayers. The Lord didn't strike me with lightning. I'm still here. I encourage you. Probably one of the best things my mom ever did for me as a kid was teach me to pray that way. She said, just go and tell him. He knows. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Say, Lord, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. All that to lead me to this. A couple weeks ago, we were in worship. The Lord told me, man, I don't know why it works this way, but and I don't know what it means. But he told, he gave me this for Angela Simpson. The Lord said he's going to give you rest. I don't know what that means. That's what he told me. And I missed it. I should have told you that a month ago, three, four weeks ago. 
This morning we were worshiping. I, I know I spoke with Mr. Brian. Man, if, if y'all don't know Mr. Brian and Miss Pam Morton, y'all need to. Like, they're the kind of people that if, you, if you're not having a great day, just talk to them. And it doesn't matter what they talk about, they bring you up. Like, I wish I had that. That's, I'm telling you, that's a gift. It's a spiritual gift. And, uh, I, like, it, this, not only did he fly airplanes for NASA or something, I mean, I mean, he's, they're both of them. I don't know how, like, me, Casey picks me up, you know. I'm way down here. She's up here. She has to carry me. No, like, both of these are 100. And we're worshiping, and I know it hurts to worship today because I talked to him. I know it hurts. So when I sing, I saw the Lord, and he heard me answer. When we're singing that, I'm, I'm, I'm singing that to y'all's situation. He's going to hear. He's going to hear. And, and then my mind goes into another one, open door, after, miracle after miracle, open door. We, look, church has gotten too, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 on a, I'm on a soapbox today because church has gotten so simple, church has gotten so easy that when we get into these moments, we, we only, we're, we're just here and we don't, there's one more step. And if we can take one more step, we have to take one more step or we're, we're just sitting around talking about Jesus. It reminds me of Job. Job says, he says, I've heard about you, but now I've seen you. I don't want to just hear about God. I don't want to just hear about, oh, hey, they're having a great worship service in, in Dallas, Texas. They're having a great worship service in, in uh, California. They're having a great worship service somewhere in Florida. No, no, same God, same God. I'm, I'm going deeper because I'm going to have that worship service here. I'm going to touch heaven here. Miss Tony. I'm not a crier. Why y'all get me crying up here? I never cry. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. Man, I wish I could tell y'all. When you're, the, the, let me tell you the struggle with what, what I'm telling you about. You, you know things, when you're in my position, you know things about people. I know way too much about too many of you. And it makes it hard. It makes it hard to hear the voice. I don't know if it's because I just love you or if it's really the Spirit speaking to me saying, hey, the Lord's going to give you rest. Rest in your mind. Rest in your spirit. Rest in your situation. The Lord's going to give you rest. I think that's, that's, that's all I know. I, I, wish, I, I wish it was, hey, at 4.30 on Monday, you're going to get a phone call. But all I know is in worship, I see rest. In worship, I see a calm coming. I see that. I see the Lord working this morning on, on people. You know, we didn't, we didn't go to 10. I really want to squeeze a little bit more and go to 10, but, but I felt like I needed to just be here and be transparent with you. And I'm going to go ahead and get into the message because it's about worship. And I'll, I'll probably skim through this, but I want to look at John 12, 1 through 8. It's a very familiar story. Using the nearly inspired version. It gets a bad rap. I like the NIV, guys. Um, I'm going to use it this morning. Let's start with verse 1. I, I don't like to read this many scriptures, but uh, we're going to go 1 through 8. But I feel like I have to to tell this story. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped it with, his, with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, he didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you. but You will not always have me. Let's pray this morning. Father, Lord, I thank you because your Holy Spirit still speaks to us. 
Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you because this church is a worshiping church. Lord, I even feel silly about talking about worship because they know how to do it. But Father, I pray that, that what I say is not just words that I say, but it's something that touches our heart this morning. Have your way with the rest of the service. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bethany seemed to be one of Jesus' favorite places to visit. You know, he's, he's heading to Jerusalem, but Bethany's about two miles out of the way. And now, if you're in a car, that's not a big deal. If you're thumbing it and you're, you know, walking on your toes and your feet and your sandals, it's a big deal. And, but it was a favorite place of his, so much so that, hey, let's go around this way. Martha, we know the story, Martha and, and, and Mary and, and Lazarus. And I don't want to confuse it. it. Sometimes you read the Bible, it can get confusing. It's like, yeah, yeah, Jesus is there. Um, Martha gets in trouble because she gets on to Mary because she's just sitting around talking to Jesus. That's a different story. This is, he's at, he's at a, a different place here. But they're in Bethany where Lazarus lives, where Martha lives, where Mary lives. Martha is the one that runs out and fusses at Jesus after her brother's dead. You know, there's so many uh, probably avenues that we could take with this story, and I've probably heard this preached so many times. But I want to get into my, my points this morning. I'll probably go through them pretty quick. Is that your worship should make him want to stop by. Whatever happened in Bethany was enough to make Jesus want to stop by. He's at the house of Simon the leper. Now, the story appears in all four Gospels, right? The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew 25, it, each one has a very interesting perspective. So this gives us a great example of what it's like when you're with a large group of people, and this is what each one saw. I'm just going to highlight this. Matthew 26, Matthew the tax collector says, Jesus is at Simon the leper's house. Bam, done. Mark says, a woman with a jar of expensive oil poured it on his head. Luke, the doctor, says, a woman of the city who was a sinner learned that Jesus was reclining at the table of the Pharisee's house. A little more detail. I think John's version is probably my favorite because he says, says, Jesus is in Bethany. Lazarus lives there. They're at Simon's house. Lazarus is reclining with Jesus. Martha's serving. Mary is anointing Jesus with a pound of expensive oil. She anoints the feet of Jesus with the oil and wipes them dry with her hair. Can we, can we just take a moment and, and just dissect that a little bit? Jesus is right there. He's reclining with lepers and a woman of the night. So we, we all know what a woman of the night is. He, he's with people he shouldn't be with. And, and this is where the church gets messed up. I hear this all the time. My Lord, if I've seen this on Facebook one time, I have seen it 500,000 times. Jesus hung out with sinners. True. Sinners didn't stay sinners. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. Jesus is fine being in the middle of your junk. All four Gospels have a different perspective. They tell a little bit different, but all four of them say Jesus was reclining. All four of them recognize that Jesus is comfortable in this room with people that you and I would not like him to be with. And let me tell you, it, it's all of us. It's, we all have a little bit of that in us. He's sitting with the unclean, the leper. I mean, this dude, he's a leper and he's a Pharisee. He's sitting with the woman of the night. Now, you got to pay attention there because if you look at the wording, she was a woman of the night. She's not a woman of the night anymore. She's changed. Jesus is comfortable sitting with our junk, but when you are in his presence, your junk is not comfortable with him. Something should change. I, I struggle with this because we have churches that, I mean, there's, there's a whole movement, and I won't get into it, but we have churches that want to make church comfortable for sinners. Well, here's, a, here's the problem. The church is already comfortable with sin. Now, I don't mean to sound like an old dude, but I'm frustrated. We, hell took us. Hell put a lick on us. And I'm more frustrated with hell than I probably have been in my entire life. And I know that sounds, I, I don't care if it sounds like my dad and my grandpa, I don't care. Because I've sat here and I've watched the church 
decline, decline. Man, we got more people in church. Now, you'll hear this. If you watch certain people that sell lots of books that tell you the church is in this major decline, I disagree. You got bigger churches now than we've ever had. If Joel Osteen can pull like 45,000 people on Sunday, when, is that, when does that happen? So you got, you think that's the biggest church in America. It's not. <clears throat> Craig Rochelle actually pastors the biggest church in America. Lakewood's the biggest one because they have the biggest facility. Lakewood has, or Life Church has maybe 45, 50 campuses. They have over 125,000 people in service on Sunday. They're just spread out. When's the last time we had 125,000? We got church. We've got people in church. The problem is we've raised a generation of, of babies. And, and look, we're all caught. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that says, hey, he's got to do it this way because that's the way it has to be done. I think we're all called to do a certain thing. But, but here's, this is my thing. This is my thing. If the church is already comfortable with sin, why in the world do we need to make it comfortable for sinners? We got, we got them. We got them here. The world doesn't need our comfort this morning. The world needs our compassion. Every time Jesus performed a miracle, it was because he was moved by compassion. He was moved by the need. Compassion is going to come from either intimacy and or proximity. See, if I'm in his presence, if I'm in his presence, then I'm close. If I feel him moving, and I think everyone here, if you've been to church here at any time at, at all, you have felt his presence moving in this building. That's what I love about here, that it's, it's free to move here. And you know that he's close. You felt that. But when I'm in his presence, I might as well, since I'm there, I sought the Lord. And he heard. And he's going to answer me. I'm not going to buy what I didn't think he did for me. I'm, I'm focusing on what I need him to do. I'm going to prophesy to my problem. Second thing, your worship requires a little bit of work. John 12, 2 says, Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among them reclining at the table. Martha gets a bad rep, you know, because we're, usually when you hear this story, it's, hey, I need you to be married. Well, let me tell you something. I'm glad we had a bunch of Marthas here this morning at 730. Martha was working, and they were setting up chairs. They were setting up this stage. I, I needed Martha so that I could have Mary at this moment. Martha gets a bad rep. You know, we don't receive faith by works, but works always follow faith. Again, this is where, where we, we get babied up because we, and it's, it's, it's our fault. Look, when I was a kid, I can remember getting the very first Curtis Mathis VCR with a remote. And it had one button that said channel and you'd have to go all the way, which we only had like 13. So, and I'm, I don't even know if they had some on all 13, but you know, the VCR had 13 buttons on the front. If you were lucky enough to have 13 channels, something would happen. Or you could watch channel eight and then all the way back to channel four. Times have changed. You know, now I've got, my daughter has a, has a flat screen TV in the room. She doesn't watch that. She watches TV on her phone. I'm like, you have a screen. Why are you watching it like this? Because times change. I, I, I understand that. I understand that, that life is different now. But why have we gotten so far away off these principles? Why have we gotten so far? Man, we're scared. Ooh, we did four songs this morning. Ooh, we, we, I, I was watching my clock. We, we shouldn't have done, we shouldn't have went past 30 after. Look, I'm, I promise if you were in a staff meeting with me, you would know I am the guy that says, if it ain't happening, move on. But if it's happening, just hold up. Just give the Lord just a moment. Why are we so... We become so boxed in. I'm, I'm the same way. I get nervous. I'm telling you. This morning, I got a little nervous. I'm like, ooh, man, last week was easy. Last week, I don't know what was going on. It's probably me. I probably came with steak. I don't know what happened. Today, it's like barbecue chicken, which meh, I don't really care for. And like, it's, it's like I'll eat it because you cooked it, but it's not my favorite. I've had, uh, you know, we talk about faith by works, and we talk about what we say we are, what we say we do. I, I see this so much now. It's, it's so popular. There's so many popular Christian faith movements. Look, if y'all watched the Super Bowl last week, I've seen more fighting on social media 
over, he gets us. I'm like, I'm like, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you were saying. The important thing is right now is we're talking about Jesus. Why do we fight? Why do we fight? If we just get in his presence, this stuff doesn't matter. It really, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. We can get in a theological debate, and I love to dig into stuff, and I like to poke. Sorry. Um, I will do it. But I'm, at the end of all that, I'm, why am I not in his presence more? Why am I not living in his presence greater? Why am I not feeling, you know, when I drive down the street, look, I don't want to be so heavenly minded. I, I used to laugh. I used to hang out with this dude quite a bit. I'm not going to tell you his name. And, and we'd walk in El Chico's and he'd be speaking in tongues. I'd say, dude, quit that. She's, what, how many for your table? Shonda LaHaya. I said, say, she, she did not have the interpretation. If, if you felt that, that was just for you. Keep it to yourself. I'm not that guy. I'm not doing it. Maybe that's what shut El Chico's down. I don't know. I don't know. This morning, our worship might be misunderstood. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. I love being Pentecostal. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't go somewhere that wasn't. Now, look, that doesn't mean, you got, everybody's scared of everything now. That doesn't mean you got to be weird. It's just, I'm Pentecostal. I believe we can lay hands on you and pray for you. The Lord will touch you. I believe that the Lord might touch in such a way like he did Jacob. You might dance around his front until he gets done. Or you might hang on. and We just might have to take you to your car. Now, we hadn't done that in a while. But, hey, I'm ready. I'm even ready. Now, look, some of y'all, I'm going to make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. If one of y'all wants to do a little Jericho run, I'm for it. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. You know, because, let me tell you why. It, this is, I don't even have to be spiritual with this. Let me tell you why. I'm, me and my wife were watching an LSU football game a couple years ago. And her watch went off because her heart rate got so high. But watching football. Watching football. Like, and it was because we were into it. LSU, they were probably playing Alabama. And, and, and we got into it. And let me tell you, it's a thing for me. It's a thing for me, for, for my life. I can never give the world something that I can't give God. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's not right. There's no way that's, that doesn't work. So you mean you have no issue. Like, let me tell you what happened. When that watch went off, we laughed. It was funny. Like, man, that's, you're into this. That's great. No judgment. No nothing. We come to church. We get in his presence. We get somebody that comes down. And let me tell you, we're all guilty of this. It's like, my Lord, they've come down four weeks in a row. What in the world's going on with them? I don't know. They got, there's something in this presence that they need. Something in the presence. I'm all about order. Let me tell you, go to 1 Corinthians. I'm all about it. I think there's an orderly way to do everything. I'm, and I'm fine with that. But sometimes the Lord will ask you to do something that is uncomfortable. He will ask you to tell someone that, hey, the Lord just spoke the word rest to me for you. That's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable with all the eyeballs looking at me doing that. You're going to be in that same position of uncomfort. But when you're in his presence, I've, I've, I've said this to, to y'all so many times over the last two or three months, but because everything in my life is either a song reference or a movie reference. And, and I'm telling you, when I get in my car, it, that's, I make a decision every day. And that, for me, because it's a trigger for me, I make a decision. And I got the big picture, and it says worship. Boom, that's the playlist. Because I can stay in it. I'm frustrated. I want to hit that one that said rock and roll. I said, I said, no, don't touch that one. Go back to the right. Hit that one. Listen to, some, listen to that I sought the Lord and he heard. I love being Pentecostal. I love that Mary found a way to worship the Lord outside of the box. I love that. You know, um, I'm, because I am musical and, and I have that artistic brain, Anything different, it, you know, it's like a fishing lure to me. Any, I have to be careful, you know, because there are times, look, I remember when Browns Revival was going on, and the first time I saw a beach ball go across the, the audience <laughs> during worship, the first time I saw that, 
I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about, I can assure you the church that I was working at was not cool with that. But you know what? There's been a couple of times when we've been having a team rally and a team night, and guess what? We threw beach balls. And you know what it did? It lifted the spirit. You know, we've become so uptight and so serious about some things because we've got to protect and we're so worried about all the people that we think need to be here. Hey, let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's give the Lord something to work with. Let's see what happens. I think it's worth noting in this, in this whole story that the, the whole context of what's going on is they're preparing the house for Jesus. They got the comfy chairs out. They got the roast in the crock pot. Man, when I cook a roast in the crock pot, I'm hungry all day long. All I can do is smell. And then it's in my house the next day. They can't get it out. They got the little cheese, the little chips and the dips, the snacks, the apple cake. Hallelujah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, last week, it, it, everything is geared for that, for that moment. Last week, we went to Doug's house to watch the Super Bowl. And I, he said I had to bring the chips and the dip. I spent $40 on chips and dips. I took home $38, but I went with $40 worth. And I'm talking about spinach, bacon ranch is real good. French, uh, what's that? French onion? French onion dip? Oh, yeah. And I took some pickle chips, which I don't eat, but my wife likes them. So I had to take care of her. Some tortilla chips, some um, potato chips. We try to cover all the bases. Just to set the atmosphere, look, that wasn't the whole meal. That was just the, hey, the pregame is on. I need something to snack on. Then hamburgers, hot dog. Here's the kicker, though. We talk about Jesus reclining. Here's the kicker. I've never, I've never experienced this before. Uh, Doug has a theater in his house. Everybody that was watching the game had a recliner. I was being just like Jesus. <laughs> I was reclining just like Jesus. The whole house was prepared. And you know what it did? It made the, the experience better. It made the experience, it was focused. The room was ready. Listen, you should prepare your heart before you come to church. I know this sounds like very simple things, but my, my issue with some of the simple things is we've gotten so far off track. I mean, if I said, hey, I need you to pray for your neighbor, man, some of y'all freak out. I could tell you the name of a national, internationally known pastor. This is a funny story. That was, uh, he was doing a conference, and the pastor of the church was like our church, Pentecostal. They, they prayed for people. And he, uh, he looks at the, the speaker, he says, hey, when you're done, we're going to have people come down. And he says, okay, that's cool. He says, well, well I want you to pray for him. He says, do what? He says, well, I'm going to want you to pray for him. And the guy who pastors a church of thousands, multiple locations, he's like, oh, I, I've never done that. Like, oh, I, I don't do that. And I'm like, what do you do? You just, you know, you, you drive up to the drive-thru, you give them a cheeseburger, you take that home. And you eat, you eat it on the way home, you eat it when you get home, but hey, I'm out. I'm done. I gave it to you, I'm done. Again, I, I don't want to pick on those people. I think the Lord's called us all to do something. But if we're preparing our heart to be a place of worship, maybe on Saturday, you begin to change gears. That's what I do. That's what I do. I change gears on Saturday. Everything becomes more focused. I, because when, I, when, I'm dri when I'm driving on that interstate to get here, I'm actually listening to the worship we're fixing to do here because I want to get it in my spirit. Because if the Lord wants to speak to me a word that's rest, then that's what, I, that's what I'm listening for. That's what I'm listening for. And it's crazy when he does it in the middle of the week when I'm listening to I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered me. And he says, hey, this person, you're going to need to do this. And I'm like, no, sir, I'm not doing that. And he says, okay, you're not going to sleep. And I'm telling you, it's funny and it's so true. It, it, it just eats away at me. This whole evening when Jesus gets turned upside down, when Mary begins to worship, the whole evening, the whole atmosphere, can you see Mary saying something like this? Say, Jesus since you are here, I have something for you. I wish you could come more often. We love when you just come by to hang out. We just don't see you enough. But I've, I've got this thing I want to give you. It's important to me. I hope you know how much I love you. 
I've saved this for a long time. I didn't always know it would be for this moment, but now it's clear to me. And she begins to pour the oil on his feet and that aroma fills the entire house. God helped me to change the atmosphere. God helped me that when I walk into a room, people know, oh, he's come to do business. Even though there have been so many times I felt like I have lost more than I've won. If I have to go through this, if I have to suffer through this, maybe there's nothing I can do about it. But here's what I can do. Here's what I can pray. And I'm telling you, this is what I pray. So, all right. If we're going to do this, then it's, we're going to have to do something where you get the glory. I can't stop what's happening. I can't stop what's going on. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even deserve it. But here's the one thing I'll ask. Teach me my lesson quick. And the second thing, you get the glory. You get the honor for it. I want people to say there's no way Chad could have made it through that. There's no way Chad could have walked through that except for God. Except for God. Whether or not Mary understood herself or whether that Jesus saw this anointing as a preparation that would, for his last week on earth. Man, how, just the way my mind processes, how is it to be Jesus, the son of God, is dying and he wants to make sure he sees you one more time. One more time, because he knows when he comes by your house, you know who stopped by. You know, you recognize. Your worship will cost you something. 2 Samuel 24, verse 20 and 25. I want to read this to you. Again, I apologize for it being too long, but it says, And when Arana looked down, he saw the king and his servants coming toward him. And Arana went out and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. And he said, Why has my lord king come to his servant? David said, to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be averted from the people. Then he said to David, let my Lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing sledges, the yokes for the, of the oxen for the wood. All this, O king, we give to you. And he says, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king said to Arana, no, but I'm going to buy it from you for a price. And this is where David, and I, I bet you've heard this, it says, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord responded to the plea for the land. And the plague was averted from Israel. All that Mary poured out was worth a year's wages. Sometimes we read things and it doesn't hit. So I looked this up. A, a year, the average salary in Monroe, Louisiana is $49,000. A year's wages is $49,000. Dallas, Texas at $60,000. Los Angeles at $72,000. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around Mary putting aside, let's just pick $49,000. Obviously, probably it had to be the most valuable thing that she possessed, but yet recognize when the Savior of the world was in her room that it, it paled in comparison, and I give it to you freely. I've been saving it, and I didn't know what it was for, but it's more important to me to bless you because you're here. Because he's in the room. It's more important for me to worship you than it is for me to protect my pride. It's more important for me to worship you than it is for me to not embarrass myself. I don't want people to see my little watch go off because I'm worshiping you. It's okay if it goes off if I'm watching LSU. But heaven forbid that the Lord touches me right here in my hip socket and I dance all over this room and my, my, my watch goes off and then 
I danced so violently that I end up on the floor and then they start debating whether they should shock me with the machine back there. Like, nah, he good. That's the spirit. He's good. How much is your worship costing you? Your worship comes from a place of gratitude. Your worship comes from a place of brokenness. That's, that's what it costs you. Your worship comes from a place of humility, maybe isolation. It's easy to worship when you're isolated and broken. That's why I try to worship when I'm not. So like, Lord, don't take me there. Don't take me there. You worship from a place of victory. You worship from a place of prophecy. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered me. And they're like, no, he didn't. I said, oh, he's going to. He's going to answer me because he's answered me time and time again. You worship from a place of proximity. He's close, so I can worship. It's easy. You worship from a place of intimacy. Because I know him like I do, I worship him. I think I put all this together for this last thought this morning. How important is the presence of God? Jesus is in the garden praying to the Father. He knows what he's about to endure. He knows what's coming for him. He knows the pain he's about to experience. He knows the rejection, the mocking, the betrayal. I think, that, I, think I sent this to you guys, the media booth, because I want you to see this. In Matthew 26, 39, Jesus prayed this prayer three times. The first one in Matthew 26, 39, it says, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's one time. Matthew 26, 42, it says, Again for the second time, he went away and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Third time, 2644. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. I always thought it was a no-brainer, that prayer. Let's be honest. If we knew we were going to have to drink this cup, we were going to be crucified, going to be beat, bruised, spit on, get our beard pulled out, yeah, if there's another way, let's take it. I've always had that thought. I don't know that I even thought to go any deeper than that. But when in reading the other day and doing a little digging on this, and it jumps out at me, says, that's not what most theologians believe is the reason Jesus prayed this prayer. The reason Jesus prayed this prayer was because he was about to pay the penalty of sin for you and I. The payment for the penalty of sin is separation. Jesus did not want to be separated from the Father. He didn't want to be out of his presence. He didn't want to leave his power. He didn't want to leave his peace. The lesson Jesus is showing us this morning is no matter what you go through, don't do it without the presence of God moving in your life. If you look at this, so Jesus is saying, oh, I'll do it. But can we do it and I keep your presence? Are you sure I got to do it without your presence? I mean, I'll do it. I'll take it. Whatever I got to go through, as long as you get the glory, isn't that kind of the same prayer this morning? Maybe you're going through something and it makes zero sense to you. you, you you're here. You come to church. You try to live a good life. You try to hit the Ten Commandments, at least nine of them, maybe, maybe six. You try, you try the best you can and something out of left field hits you. It's like, wait a minute, I, I didn't deserve this. I don't deserve this. When we worship, we're surrounded by his presence. When we worship, we're surrounded by his peace. When he comes, he changes everything. I want to be that person. I want to be a place that when Jesus comes, he's welcomed, he's comforted, he enjoys what he feels here. See, I can beckon the Spirit to come. I can, I can make such a party in his presence. And I'm not, I'm not talking about weird. Don't, don't, don't get crazy on me. I mean, I, I do have ADD, so you will distract me. But can you imagine that my heart is in such a posture? I mean, if it's just mine, it's one thing. But when it's the church, it's like, hey, there's this group of people on a college campus in Monroe. 
that when they sing, they're good. Like they sing from a deep place. They sing from a place of salvation. They sing from a place of freedom. It's like, hey, let's go hear what they got. What if, what if, what if God's like I am on Facebook and I check everybody out, make sure we're doing okay? What if, what if, what if God's like, ooh, don't scroll up, hold up. I want, to hear what they, I want to hear what they're doing. It means something to me today. I want to tell you this in closing. Um, and I couldn't decide to share this or not, but I think it's important that when we're in his presence, that when we worship, what, what, what keeps us going, what keeps us, our, our stability is the altars that we build. And last Sunday we were leaving here and uh, it was raining, cats and dogs, so Casey made me drive up under here and pick her up. And uh, she said, said, you know, a year ago you came home from the hospital. Last year, I was in, well, I don't know, nine or ten days. And uh, I said, nah, I knew, I knew it was close. I didn't realize it was today. And, you know, just spare you all the details of that. I, I got some kind of infection and jumped on my heart. And Man, it was, it was touch and go there for a minute. And one morning... It was, it was about 4 a.m. It was early. They don't let you sleep in the hospital. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Casey slept just fine. Um, I did not. It was about 4 a.m. And, man, I was, I was in my feels because, man, we're hearing, we're hearing words like, hey, if this doesn't get better, we'll just put you on a heart transplant list. and Like, it's no big deal. I'm like, no, it's, it, it's a big deal. Let's not do that. I got my phone out. And I, I, knew, I knew where to go. And, and I, was, I was just, it was dark, obviously, it's 4 a.m. And I pulled up the song that we sing, Same God. And this is, and, and I have a reason for telling you this. I pulled out that song and just had it up just enough so I wouldn't wake her up. And as you know, you heard your children then, you hear your children now, you're the same God. You know, you touched the leopard then, I feel your touch right now, you're the same God. And just reinforcing my spirit, he's the same God. So this, what I began to do is, is focus on the altar of my life. We all have an altar. We're all building an altar. See, when, in that moment, when I'm listening to the same God, I start going through my altar. And here's what, here's what mine says. I, I start here, I start low. Because I'm, I'm starting the foundation. And I say this. I don't remember this. And y'all have heard me tell it before. I said, Lord, my legs were crooked. And you straightened them. I start there. I said, Lord, that day I was playing in the ditch at my house. And my, my little buddy ran in front of a car. And it hit him. Nearly killed him. I, I could have been him. And I didn't get hit. But I'm thanking him because I didn't. So I remember that day. Lord, I, I thank you because, and this is a moment, and I, I, try, I try to stay away from this because I don't want you to think I'm getting my money's worth. But I, I will say this. I don't say this publicly, but I'll say it privately. I said, Lord, I, when, when I got stabbed, I got stabbed in the same place as my brother, right here on my heart. But it was a shorter knife. It didn't kill me. Had it been that knife, I'd be dead. So, Lord, that was awful. But I thank you because I'm here. So that's, that's my altar. So then I go to the next one. I say, Lord, I thank you because, because I can still sing a little bit. I can still worship a little bit. I was having a hard time breathing. Man, they pumped so much fluid in me. My, my legs were swelled up. I couldn't sleep. I was sleeping in a chair trying to breathe. It was terrible. And uh, I remember, and it, it, I'm not telling you this to try to strum some sort of heartstrings. I'm telling you, I took that phone and I put it right here, right there on my heart. And I said, Lord, here's the deal. I've been doing this a long time. I'm not going to stop doing it today. I said, if this is all I got left, if this, I don't have much breath, but if this is it, I'm going to give it to you. They can call me stupid. I may not even be here. I may be growing roses. I don't care. I have to be who I said I'm going to be. I have to do what I said I'm going to do. I've always said I worship no matter what. Then I'm going to worship no matter what. I'm going to praise no matter what. I'm going to say that you're faithful, even if I can't breathe. I'm, I'm, I'm faithful for the breathing that I can do. You say, man, that's silly. So said, no, that's the altar of my life. 
And if, if I'm having trouble here, here's what I, I put it. Lord, I can't breathe, so I put it right there because you, you straighten up my legs. I don't even remember it. I was crooked. You straighten them out in front of a group of people like this. Lord, just touch me. One of them, you know, got to don't scare the sinners. We probably scared them because my legs were crooked. They were, one was pointed that way, one was pointed that way. And the Lord just straightened them suckers up in front of everybody. He's touched my life. He's touched it. That's the altar of my life. Today, you're struggling. Maybe you have an altar that you're good here, you're good here, you're good here, you're stuck right here. You've got to put it on the altar. Say, Lord, but I've been through this. You know, I, I think about Mr. Brian and Ms. Pam. Yeah, you've been through this three times. It's all right. It's on the altar. If I got to do it six times, it's on the altar. I'm placing it right here. And I'm gonna, you're still the same God. I still trust in God. He's my Savior, the one who will never, ever fail. This morning, well, let me tell you this. So I went, I went to the doctor in December. I've, I've been to the doctor a lot. So I go in December and they said, look, you don't need to come back for another year. As far as we can tell, you're normal. And I'm like, man, y'all was fixing to give me a new heart. So, yeah, so, so, okay, I'm good with that. And it's the, the, for me, it's important through every season of my life, for every moment that I've done this, for every moment. It's, it's not for you. I love y'all. It's not for you. It's for me. I'm going to be this guy. That's just who I am. This is my altar. I will not destroy it. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all kicked that thing down and you had to start back over. Don't do that. Just leave it there until the Lord heals it. Leave it there until the Lord fixes it. Don't walk away. Don't give up. I don't care if you say, like I did a couple weeks ago, yeah, you, you sang that song, but the Lord didn't come through. I said, did he? I, we, I'm not done yet. How do you know? How do you know? Are any of you done? You done this morning? Why don't you stand up on your feet today? Right there where you're at. If the Lord's been faithful to you, right there where you're at. And I see a lot of you that I know the Lord's been faithful. Why don't you lift your hands toward heaven right now? Just begin to cry out to the Father. He's faithful this morning. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've gone through, he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's always been there. It didn't look like you were winning. But can I tell you today, you're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You are his. He's got you today. This morning, I know we've worshiped today, but on our way out, this is how I want to end the service. I always end up here. It's what I do. I always end up here. I always want to worship. I always want to call on his name one more time. Say, I sought the Lord and he heard. Come on, no matter what you face. I sought the Lord and he heard. He's hearing you today. No matter what you're facing. Come on, build that altar this morning. That's why, that's why. That's why, that's why.
we're fixing to go this morning, but before we do that, right there where you're standing, if you're facing a situation this morning and it's just another brick on the altar, you don't have the answer yet, you maybe have been confused about where God is in your situation, but this morning I believe we're making a declaration that we trust Him no matter what. No matter if it looks like I'm winning, no matter if it looks like I'm losing. If you're like me this morning, you say, whatever breath I do have, because maybe you feel like you've run out of breath. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you just can't breathe? This morning, you can breathe the very breath of God. If you find yourself in that place, would you lift your hand this morning? I need an answer. I need you to come through. And with your hand lifted this morning, don't put it down, keep it lifted up. Father, we lift these hands this morning, Lord, as a, Lord, as a declaration that we trust you. Father, that we follow you no matter what. Lord, you see these hands that are lifted, you know the situations that they represent. And Father, this morning, we speak your favor. We speak your favor on their lives today. We speak healing in their lives. Father, we speak clarity. Father, we speak healing this morning. Lord, we pray that you make a way where there is no way. Father, it might not make sense to us, but Father, I pray that today we could look back two weeks, three weeks, a month, maybe tomorrow. Say, Father, that was you working in my life. And Father, this is a moment to add to the altar of your goodness, of your peace, of your mercy, of your joy. Today, Father, we worship you. Father, we have sought you and we declare it done this morning in your presence. Father, you are faithful today. You are good this morning. Can I pray it over you one more time? That the Lord bless you, that the Lord keep you, that he make his face to shine upon you this morning. I pray that he is gracious to you. I pray that the Lord lift you up and it's count us be upon you. 